Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I always encourage people because it helped me so much in my life. And it's always to write goals. And I always have my goals next to my bed in a, on a piece of paper or, or a calendar and I glance at them every single day before I fall fall asleep and I glance at them every single morning when I wake up and um, I just program my mind to what it is that I really want in life and um, through repetition and to for the mind to see it every single day you're actually giving them giving it directives you're giving them the goals to strive for to work for and your subconscious mind sees that and they start to operate and search for those events or people or phone calls or emails or circumstances if you want to call it that to make it happen it's just a programming of the subconscious mind and that actually have changed my whole life with with this knowledge of course it took a long long time to try to uh, to master it but i'm not still i'm still working on it and i'm learning about it every single day but i, I just love it because it's very very powerful mm-hmm. and uh, after that when i glanced at my goals i will i woke up in the mornings and i um start to go around and be grateful for everything I already have. So um, it, I spend an hour, around 20 minutes going around and just thanking the world and thanking the universe for for all the things that I already have. can be small things as well, like having a roof over your head or having clothes to to, um, to warm you up and having a, having meals a day and having fantastic relationships and friends and and um, be able to, to travel whenever I want. So all these things, I just repeat them for I'm grateful for it. That puts you in a beautiful state of mind and, and you, you feel so relieved and happy if you do that kind of repetition every single morning. How you day? How you day? So excited to share today's episode with you. I got to talk to a billionaire, Andres Pira. Andres Pira is a very, very interesting guy. Owns well over 20 businesses, but his start is pretty fascinating. You know, he went from an area of lack to an area of abundance. And I love how he broke down the core concepts of building businesses, the core concepts of owning your identity, and the core concepts of gaining mentorship. So I hope as you're listening to this, you're getting your pen ready, you're getting your paper ready, you're pulling out your Evernote, and you're saying to yourself, I'm about to journal the crap out of this episode. Okay, all right, I'm getting ahead of myself, but truly take notes, listen to what he is saying, reverse engineer that for yourself, and apply that to your life. It applies to everyone. Enjoy the episode. Love you much. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Andres Pira. Now, Andres became a billionaire at the age of 35. 35. And now he's the founder of over 20 companies, including law offices, gyms, coffee shops. And he's got a pretty, pretty amazing 
portfolio in the property uh, property game. The crazy thing is that he didn't come from money. In fact, he was homeless at the age of 20. And in his hub, upcoming book, Homeless to Billionaire, he talks about his millionaire morning routine, hiring the right people you can trust, and the no negative people rule. We're going to dissect all this. We're going to discuss his background. And we're going to dive into the world of Andres Pira. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Teo. Thank you for having me here. The pleasure is mine. And, and the first question that I have just starts with where are you from? Where did, where did all this, because you said you, you, you know, you were homeless by, you know, at the age of 20 and now you run over 20 businesses. So tell me where you originally, you're originally from, where your original home is and how you got into that place where you became homeless and then how you then became a billionaire. Sure. Well, um, I'm uh, I'm originally from Sweden. Well, I'm half Swedish, half Colombian. I was born in Colombia on a tiny little island called San Andres, and that's why they named me to Andres. And uh, I moved to Sweden when I was three years old, and had a pretty rough youth. And and uh, Sweden was never a country for me, so I moved from Sweden when, when I was just turning twenty. And since then, I've been living in Thailand for 16 years um, and becoming, yeah, 17 years now. I'm 37. So, yeah, that, that's where I am today. And uh, Thailand, I would say, um, was the country that um, helped me to succeed. And uh, I still love it every single day. It's a beautiful part of the world. And and um, if people haven't been there, I would recommend, of course, them to be there because we are, I believe it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Wow. No, that, that's incredible because, uh, yeah, I've only visited uh, Bangkok, but I haven't visited the whole of Thailand. But I'm always curious about stories like that because you said, you know, half Colombian, half Swedish. Uh, okay. And then you decided, you know, that, you know, Thailand was going to be the home from there. Can you talk to me about how you you learned about yourself with, you know, with every move you made? Was there an identity crisis? How did you discover who you were? And then um, we'll dive into that age 20 for you uh, for you. Absolutely. Well, before I was, um, before I had my companies, before I was um, successful, I would say, I had a, I had a mindset that um, life just happens to you. You're not in control of what's coming to you, and you live day by day, like in default. And I was a firm believer that you don't have control of it. And today, I believe in something completely different. And I always had that mindset. I dropped out of school when I was 14. I uh, had a, a bit problem with the law and. Uh, made that made me not um, be able to get a decent job i didn't have the, the education i was uh, i was grown up in the suburbs and it was it was a hard time um living with all this segregation and they're always putting us in the same place so i became depressed um heavily and uh, i knew that i needed to do something else i needed to cut all my ties with um with sweden with my friends with the gang environments and and start a new life completely so that was one of the biggest decisions I've ever done in my life is to leave friends and family home to a foreign country all across the world and uh, start my own life there. And it didn't really go as I expected when I did that. So that's how I ended up in Thailand. It was when my grandfather died and I got to inherit $2,000. And that was my ticket out. I knew that, uh, that, was the, that I had to take that big leap of faith to just disappear. And mm -hmm. I... I took a, I took that money and that that was enough for a one way ticket to to Thailand to Bangkok actually. Mm. And that was more of a coincidence that uh, that I ended up there. Well, so then why did you choose Thailand of all the places in the world? 
what made you choose Thailand to leave from Sweden? Because you knew you had to leave, but did, how did you know where you had to go to? Well, I knew I had this money from the inheritance from my grandfather. And I, I went to a travel agent and I was talking to them. And I remember this girl showing me the, uh, the catalogs, the magazines. And I told her, I want to go to a tropical paradise where they have white sandy beaches, blue oceans, and coconut trees. And uh, she started to show me uh, pictures of Thailand. And she told me that the money I had after I paid a few debts back home, that um, that was the place that I should go and visit. And that was Thailand. I didn't know anything about the country. I didn't know the culture or the language or I didn't have any friends there. But it looked so beautiful on these pictures. <laughs> so she sold me into that, um, to, to that country. So I, I, bought, I bought the ticket the very same day. And that was four days later that I had to leave. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, but so, so this is this is so fascinating to me because if you don't know the language, right, yeah. and you land into the country, I, I I have gotten lost in Bangkok before, yeah. and, and um, it is not fun. It's, it's it's always it's always one of those things where I realize that uh, it's good to have a translator sometimes. So when you landed, how did you figure out just how to buy an apartment? how to build a business, establish your, your home base there. That come, of course, much later. But when I landed, I, I actually landed in Bangkok because I didn't know anything about the country. And when I stepped out of the airport, I thought I was going to see blue oceans, white sandy beaches and coconut trees. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I ended up in the completely wrong country. I saw skyscrapers and traffic and everywhere. And I became even more shocked because I was down to my last hundred dollars. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had to actually, after asking people around and in this broken English, uh, trying to understand what they were saying, and, and finally understood that I need to go south, very south, to, to, be, to be able to have my blue oceans. And that was, they recommended Phuket, that's south of Thailand, the biggest island of, of uh, Thailand. And um, I realized that uh, to, it was a one-hour flight, but the flight ticket was more than what I had in my pocket. So after asking more people, they, they told me that the only way to go there is to buy a bus ticket for $50. So that was about what I had left. Um, 50, I had 100, so I had to spend half of it on a bus ticket that was 18 hour. There was an 18 hour ride. But uh, yeah, that's how I ended up in Phuket. And I knew that I needed to find a job, a job very quick because I was yeah, down to my last penny. So I started to ask every hotel around and and restaurants and bars and offices, whatever I could get hold of. And I actually landed a job the second day, uh, giving our brochures for a resort and inviting people in for, for the accommodations and holiday packages. So that's how I ended up with my first job there. Wow, there it is. That is, that is so incredible. So that's where you are at around age 20. And now you have over 20 companies, including law offices, gyms, coffee shops, and um, property portfolio. So, yes. Talk to me about your your routine then, because you you were in a gang environment. You say you got in trouble with the law. Yeah. You, you had to leave the environment, which is I would always I always encourage people. One of the first things I always tell people: if you want to improve your life, assess your environment and see if you can go to a better environment. So you did that. Um, you found a place that, that cultivated that made your 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 mindsets, I guess, more alive. Now, how did you develop routines? How did you start learning about entrepreneurship? And then what did you learn about entrepreneurship that turned you into a billionaire? Well, it's with trial and error. And mm. 
I failed massively many, many times. And I even when I, I've been successful and I've been bankrupt after that, after my first companies and I have to start everything again. But persistence, determination and a mindset of never giving up has uh, have put me where I am today. And I, I, it took a long time before I actually started to see differences, but I, I've, I've been studying mindset, self-development, uh, routines, affirmations, incantations, meditation, goal setting, all these kind of things is what I do on a daily basis. And that's helped me a lot to, um, to establish the success I, I have for the moment and also to teach my employees that I have not to follow the same routines and that they're, get, they're getting the same results. But uh, my second job there, I, I landed was for a real estate agency, and that was the same kind of thing. I was giving a brochure outside their office and trying to get people inside the doors to get a, a real estate presentation. And I was standing in the sun almost eight hours a day, giving these brochures out to people and trying to get them in. So after eight months of that, um, I actually managed to sell a property to a client because all the sales agents were uh, were busy and the first customer i actually had to show an apartment to bought so i got promoted to a sales agent in that organization and after that i was starting to look up to the sales manager and it took one and a half year and i got promoted to sales manager and after that sales director for the whole organization and another one and a half year later i started my own company so that's how i grew in that industry from from the bottom up you 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 uh this is so this is blowing my mind. Okay. So eight, you know, eight hours a day, you, you give out brochures, you start to really get results and then you get promoted. And as you get promoted, you start to see the inside and, you know, inside and outs of what makes, I guess, the real estate world. Right. Then you realize some of your routines needed to change. And, and, and then you start, and even now, as you teach people, you hire people, you talk about, um, your millionaire morning routine. So, Break it down for the, the audience. What exactly is a millionaire morning routine? I know you touched on it with the mindset uh, and meditation, but what else yeah. is there? I always encourage people because it helped me so much in my life. And it's always to write goals. And I always have my goals next to my bed in a, on a piece of paper or, or a calendar. And I glance at them every single day before I fall, fall asleep. And I glance at them every single morning when I wake up. And um, I just program my mind to what it is that I really want in life. And um, through repetition and to, for the mind to see it every single day, you're actually giving, them, giving it directives. You're giving them the goals to strive for, to work for, and your subconscious mind sees that. And they start to operate and search for those events or people or phone calls or emails or circumstances, if you want to call it that, to make it happen. So it's just a programming of the subconscious mind. And that actually have changed my whole life with, with this knowledge. Of course, it took a long, long time to try to, uh, to master it, but I'm not still, I'm still working on it and I'm learning about it every single day, but I, I just love because it's very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after that, when I glanced at my goals, I, w- I woke up in the mornings and I, um, start to go around and be grateful for everything I already have. So, um, it, I spend an hour around 20 minutes going around and, just thanking the world and thanking the universe for, for all the things that I already have. Can be small things as well, like having a roof over your head or having clothes to to um, to warm you up and having a, having meals a day and having fantastic relationships and friends and and um, be able to to travel whenever I want. So all these things, I just repeat them for I'm grateful for it. That puts you in a beautiful state of mind and and you you feel so relieved and happy if you do that kind of repetition every single morning 
And even if you don't have much, you can still be grateful for something. There is always something to be grateful for, even if you don't have much in life. And that's what I mean, to focus on the things that you already have instead of feeling bad for the things that you don't have. And that puts the whole day into perspective and the whole day you actually feel good about it. And after that, I do meditation in my gardens. I don't do this every day so people know because that, that I, I wouldn't say I do that every single day. I have done and sometimes it takes a week or two or a few days before I do it again. But it's just to remind yourself that it's important and go back to the routines because a routine to do it every day is hard. But um, remind yourself and continue doing it. That That's what I want to say to the audience as well. Hmm. Okay. No, that, I, I love that. So look at your goals in the morning and before you go to bed, um, practice repetition of gratitude. You know, even the smallest of things, find things that you are grateful for and focus on, on the things you have instead of things you don't have. And, um, you know, even if you can't meditate uh, regularly, meditate at least, uh, you know, hmm. on a weekly basis or so, just to remind yourself to be present and, and just, you know, just remind yourself of the bigger picture, essentially. Absolutely. And meditation is, it's not what people think is meditation. I mean, what I call meditation is when I just call my mind before I go to work and I visualize the things that I do want and I feel great for it, for already having it. So when I visualize, it feels like I already achieved those goals that, that I want to have. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, anything with mind and visualization, you actually create reality with it. If you do it in the right, in the right uh, sequence and the right feelings and emotions you have. So I've been using that for years and I, everything I visualize and put my mind to, it, it becomes a reality sooner or later. Uh, uh, that's brilliant. Now, what, let's talk about the the, the businesses. Cause so when you started, you started, I think it, sound, it sounds like you started with real estate, right? Is that correct? Yeah, the first job was for a hotel, giving out um, brochures and inviting people to get a holiday package presentation. And uh, the second job was the same thing, but there was a real estate agency instead. So, yeah, the second job was in the bottom of a real estate uh, agency. So that's uh, that's how I started with it. Now, talk to me about the moment you transitioned from employee to employer, like when you became an entrepreneur and and your first few businesses, because if you run over 20 businesses, 20 companies is now uh, companies now, obviously, those first few companies must have really made an impression for you, for you to want to continue running other companies. So, of course, and yeah. I, I became, I, I get, I got a passion and a hobby to start up new companies because when you start up one or two or three, then you understand that this actually doesn't matter what kind of industry you're in. It's mm. the same setup. You need to start with marketing. After marketing, you start to get, you start to get clients, and so you need an admin, an administrator to to divide the clients. And after that, you need. Um, a sales department to be able to take those inquiries and convert it into sales. And when that, uh, and, the, and when they convert into sales, you need an accounting to, to make sure that the incomes and the receipts and, and the invoices are, are sent uh, correctly. And uh, when you do that, you actually already have a structure. And when you be building bigger companies, you need to employ more people. And then you have to, uh, you have to establish an HR department. And after that, you need that. You also need that legal department in case of um, employee contracts, client contracts. So it's all actually just a setup, step by step. And if you've done it a few times, it's the same structure with actually almost any industry that you want to do. So it becomes almost a habit and and um, easier to do for each time. So that's why I love to create uh, successful companies with the same kind of method. What do you, I love that. What do you think are the mistakes that most entrepreneurs make? 
they put the money in the wrong place at the first and that's what I, that's what that's what made me bankrupt in the first time when i actually finally started to get income i started to to put the money in big offices and more employees and more computers just to impress my clients you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And what I did understand that all this money I, I, was, um, I was spending but on, the right, on the wrong place. So I was spending all these things to impress clients with big offices, many computers, many staff. But then I realized, well, if I don't have clients, it doesn't matter what I have. So I put it in the wrong place. I should have started to put it in a strong marketing department because the marketing department is what generates the leads and clients in almost any industry. So that's where you need to focus the first year of all the funds and and, and um, structures to be able to have that running like a machine. Mm, wow. That's, that's so true. I mean, it's missed out eh? because you obviously... In in a, in a business like yours, it sometimes you you feel like you want to sell yourself and you want to show that you, hey, this is what I do and these are the the things that I can have if you work with me. And you think about that too much and you forget about what actually makes you the best salesman or the best brand. And that is what you said: the marketing, the the, the finding the the people that that need what you need and making sure that there's a pipeline of those exactly. t- of those leads. Ah, yeah. Um, Huh, that's interesting. I, I forget that often myself. So when you said that, I was like, this Andres is so right. It's so true. So keeping that pipeline going is actually what will fuel your, your company. Yeah. And it's like an engine. You need to put the oil in it every time and refine it and, and make it better and see where it's leaking and, and uh, close those gaps. It's always a constant work with the marketing department, but it's really the key essential to, to having a successful business because when mm-hmm. you have an overflow of leads and clients, then you can start to convert them into sales and into money. But if you don't have the first engine, the other engines will not work. Well, then this then begs the question, then how do you hire the right people you can trust? Because we've you you, you more than me know this. There have been many businesses that have uh, fallen because of the wrong people being hired or maybe people you trusted who ended up doing the wrong things with your money. How do you hire the right people? Well, I'm still battling with that. I mean, I just fired two of my employees just two weeks ago. So. Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm always uh, believing giving people all the trust in the beginning. I always give the trust to the people and they'll have to prove me wrong. And what I understood with, with all these years is that I don't really hire for, for resume or, or CVs or, or or education anymore because through trial and error one honestly what the best employees that are sometimes that i had is the people that didn't have any uh, experience didn't have actually any any degrees 
or or um, work with other similar companies. And sometimes the people that I hire that that have the the doctor degrees or the the master degrees and they had a great experience with other companies, they turn out to be the worst employees that I ever had. So. What I do now is I, I hire for attitude. I, I see what kind of mindset and attitude they have. If they're positive to life, they're positive to, to growing, and they're positive to learning, they're open-minded. They go firsthand instead of paperwork and CVs and resumes. So that's, um, that's the key in hiring the right people. But you never know. It's still people you really think is going to be uh, the key assets. They, they become the worst. And some people you didn't believe in, they bloom out. And become one of the best productive people. So it's all a it's, it's all a learning curve, but you never really know. Sometimes, yeah. So it's yeah. always gonna be like that. You you just need to go for it. And sometimes you don't have that exact position. You you know you need a person for that position. You just have to take the first one, and then when you do that, you need to look for the other one. But at least you don't you you close the gap. So it's That's a true. constant work. Yeah. That's true. Definitely a constant work that you have to always monitor. But but you do have a rule though I, I know that when you hire you have a no negative people rule can you elaborate on that yeah that's one of my golden rules in the company and that's uh, never ever spread the gossip and negativity because i've seen great organizations fall even in the beginning when i had my companies i mean i believe that great organizations great teams they don't fall from outside they actually fall from within and it's because of these things people start to talk bad about other colleagues they start to spread gossip and negativity they form groups together and um, i call it cancer in my book that, I, that i've been written and and wh wh why do i do that what does a doctor do when he finds cancer he cuts it out very very quick because cancer is very infectious and it spreads very quick and when it's very when it's spread very quick to 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 a bigger scale then it's very hard to get it get rid of it so for me as soon as I see that, as soon as it starts to, to grow, I'll cut it out very quick in form of an employee or in form of two people or whatever, because it's really one of the things that makes you fall. Right. That's true. That's true. And and I've seen it um, even with some of some directors and some people that actually run shows here in America. Uh, there's a lady called Shonda Rhimes. So she has a bunch of shows and she's very successful, but she says she doesn't hire assholes. <laughs> it's such, yeah, but that's it's true. <laughs> that's what she says. She has a no asshole rule. So it's, it's interesting that when, when you hear that, because uh, that the, the interesting thing about negativity is that it can spread like virus really quickly, and and, and it, it feeds, you know, into our vices as humans. You know, the, these all these stories and all that, and that it actually takes away from your productivity. Mm. I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's with some like an example in my sales department. I not long ago, one of my best salespeople there, he was always coming to work. I don't know, he had family problems, but he always came to work and said there's not clients enough and and we're coming into a bad season and we are we're only getting the bad clients, they're not finding us anymore. So that was what he was repeating every single day. And within a few weeks, almost the whole sales department was saying the same thing. But mm. as soon as he got fired and, and, and I told him why, I told the people why, the results went up again and suddenly we didn't have any of that bad thing. So it's just a proven method that it works. So we need to get rid of these people, unfortunately, if you can't help them. Yeah. Yeah. Negativity can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, um, wow. Okay. This is, this is, this is so good. This is so good. So, okay. Now we've talked about how you transitioned and you talked about the foundations of business and a rule you have for your companies. What about being competitive proof with mm. the right company culture 
Well, I mean, we always have competition. It doesn't matter what industry you are. There's always a rival. There's always another company that you're competing with. They're taking some of your clients and you're taking some of them. It's good with competition because you can study there. You can study them. And I love having competition because you can always, I love to study my own competitors because that's where you actually learn something. What are they doing? What are they doing? Well, what are they doing bad? How do they how do they form their marketing and what kind of brochures they have? What kind of payment plans they have? How is the website? How do they reach out to clients? So I always study them very very carefully and and see what they're doing great. So then I can uh, then then I can mimic that also and take the good parts. And also I I, I taking one of the best employees from other companies because I, I I I like to lead with inspiration. And when I have these superstars from other organizations joining me, I I learn all the inside secrets of what works and doesn't work. So competitive proof is also to be able to study your competitors very closely and enjoy actually having them there. So when they're successful, I'm actually happy about it because then it's something they're doing that I can learn about. Hmm. 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 Interesting. I, and I, I like that approach because I, I, I very much think the same way. A lot of people I feel like are focused on wow, that person is a competitor, that person has more than me. And I love to just study what people do well and just see what I can apply to myself. And it, it's such so an interesting way of looking at business, but it also really helps with your mindset. I think if you focus too much on what you don't have, which is what you said earlier, it mm -hmm. ends up becoming this, this thing where you become very anxious and you sort of stifle your own growth. Absolutely, I agree, because some people, they are, they are jealous, they have envy, they have rage and hatred of their competitors because they just don't like them. And, but go around every day and feel like that. I mean, that's just going to block you. That's going to stop you from being creative. So it's better to be happy about them and learn from them. And then you can do it better and, uh, and just see exactly how to do it. And I, and I love to study. There is always 10% in any organization, any company that you have the superstars, the super assets, what I call them. This usually 10% of the whole organization is where, where this 10% is bring almost 90% on the whole income other companies and I love to study these people that does it and when I know who they are I do my very best to recruit them and get them into my organization because they will give me the same results mm. okay all right well this is good well there's an example of you getting people to do the same thing and getting the same results a lot of people to get the same results which was mm. you somehow convinced all of your employees to jump out of a plane <laughs> <laughs> they all did it so tell me the story behind that how can you tell a bunch of your employees to say hey we're going to jump out of a plane uh you're, you're going to do it that's a very scary proposition yeah well it's not all the the, the employees i wouldn't throw my accounting and, and finance uh, people for you know, you, know, you won't throw the money people <laughs> there you just <laughs> But I do that with the whole sales department because they're the driven people. They are the, the people who are get rejected all the time and they, they are they, they have the most uh, fear of failure or being the, the, the one who doesn't sell. So they battle with a lot of rejection and fear. And that's what I do. That, that's why I, I do skydive with them because it kills their fears. And when you kill fear in people, they become much more productive. And uh, that's, if you think about it, fear is always what stops us to actually achieving anything in life. We're always afraid of failure or sometimes we're afraid of success itself. And, some, and most of the time we're afraid of what other people will think about us because we're always focusing how other people see us. But, you know, it doesn't really matter because most people are always busy with thinking about themselves. So they actually don't do it. But to kill those fear, it doesn't matter if it's jumping out of an airplane or 
worried about others or worrying about getting sick or not have money or fail. It's all fear. It's the same feeling. It's all already exists in your mind. So if you kill this kind of fear, it actually makes you a much better productive human being and you're not afraid of stepping forward and getting the things you want in life. So I've, I've seen amazing, tremendous results with people that actually done it. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, the greatest things are often on the other side of fear. And many times we have to walk through those or step through those or face those before we can actually become the highest version of ourselves. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's the fear we need to get rid of to be able to go to next step. Hmm. Okay. Well, then obviously you put this in your book, right? Your book is called Homeless to Billionaire. What do people, what can people rather expect in your book? Why, why is it something that you decided to, uh, to write at this point in your life? Well, I got inspired by one of my role models to, to release the book. And this uh, Joe Vitale and Jack Canfield and the two people from The Secret. And um, they also wrote that Jack Canfield had wrote in Chicken Soup, uh, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul and, and Joe Vitale, Sierra Limit. So it's role models that I've been following within this kind of self-development. And I told them my story after I did a seminar with them and they, they really thought that I would be able to inspire people. So my book is a, a little bit of what we talked today, but it's also many other principles that, that I learned by myself or learned from others. And I amplify them every single day in my, in my work, work life and daily life. So hopefully with, with everything I've been going through, people can adapt to them, read them, learn about them. And they will absolutely get the same results. I actually encourage people to try to prove me wrong in them because I know they will get the same results as I did. No, I, 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 I love that guarantee. That's uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's so it's so confident that it, it now becomes a guarantee. So so now that you've you're given that there, you you're basically saying that a lot of people don't get what they want in today's world because yeah. they don't do the work. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Exactly, because knowledge is not what's going to take you somewhere. It's what you do with the knowledge and take action into it that actually is going to move you from one place to another. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Question for you. There's a saying about, there's a saying going on around right now in the world when people say uh, you, you cross a millionaire, you cross a billionaire, they say money doesn't uh, essentially make you who you are money is just amplifying the person you've already been do you feel like money changes people it changes people all the time some people mm, so you feel like it is. okay I, all right. of course i do because i see horrible stories i see good stories so it's up to the individual because but of course it changes people some people it doesn't change this but money has a very very strong uh, influence on on any emotion any thought any mind so, of course, it's, it's what runs the world, but you can either use money for good or you can use money for bad. It's up to the individual to decide how we want to how we want to use it and how we want to feel about it. We still have a choice. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, as as you look at the world today, you, when you, you've been in, 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 a, in a position now where you can provide a lot of opportunities for people. What do you feel like the world needs more of? You know, we have countless problems and countless people like yourself with we're mm. building solution makers. But you looking at the world based on your personal experience and what you see happening in politics and e economics and and, uh, you know, the uh, envir environment. What do you feel like we need more of in the world today? I really believe that we should get rid of the greed because people think there is not enough to go around. And I know that it's abundance of everything to go around, but it's all this. And 
people that that just keeping everything for themselves because they're afraid of losing it. But I know that we will rise when we lift others. So the more we help others, the more we make the, the world a better place, the more we help people be successful and make them understand how powerful we are as human beings. And if we know how to use our mind correct and help people to to establish that and teach them, we're going to live in such much better place than we are today. We're, we're here to help each other and, and rise ourselves as humankind and, and take the human evolution to another step. And I believe that we need a lot of these people around to do it. There is a lot of people like us around and I want them to um, get together because, I mean, we have the power to change others and, and help others. That's what we're here to do. So I really believe in this philosophy. Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. I mean, I, I love how honest you are and how raw you've been with this with this uh, uh, podcast. Uh, th- one question I have before the before I um, uh, go into the final question is who have been your favorite mentors? You know, who, do, who would you say have really shaped the way you see the world and have played a big role in your growth? Uh, yeah, I know them by hand. So that would be Jack Canfield, Joe Vitale, Napoleon Hill, Brian Tracy, and Charles Hanel. That's the people that I studied the most and and took every single word that they have been telling me and, and worked on it and mastered it and trained it and trained it to others. So I will give all my credit to this. And of course, my mother, because she taught me how to be kind to people. So. I would say this is the people that have influenced me the most. I asked that question because many times people feel like if you don't, if you can't physically talk to a mentor, that you can't be mentored from books or all that. But you're saying that you did that. You saw, yeah, okay. Yeah, they don't, they don't need to, they don't, you don't need to meet them physically. I mean, they leave clues everywhere behind. They, they're on, on their own line. They made books. They, they have articles. They have YouTube channels. They have all these things. So it doesn't. You don't need to stand in front of them because they're still gonna tell you the same thing. But you need to study them, and it's the same. They will tell you the exercises and teachings and and what to do and how you can wake up in the mornings and how you end up your your evenings and who people you should talk to. So do these things. That's the key to transformation. It's not just listening to something and then think that you will change. No, it's action that's gonna take you to from A to A to Z. So that's the whole thing to it. Yeah, that is the whole thing to it. Well, uh, you've heard Andres Pira. This is this is this has been a masterclass essentially on mindset, on building businesses, higher than white people, but also making sure that you you face your fears. So I really really want to thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find your book? Yeah, they can order it on Amazon. We have a, a Kindle version and uh, the hard paperback version, so they can order it now. And if to search for homeless to billionaire. And if they do want to read a bit more before any purchase or, or, or order it, they can just go to the website, andrespira.com. I, I give out a free chapter there and they can download also the, a short version of the 18 principles uh, to read about them first if they, they, they want to do that before, uh, the, before they order the actual copy. So feel, feel free to reach out. Okay. okay. I'll make sure and put that in the show notes. My last question is my mission statement frame. There's a question. My mission statement, Andres, is... Uh, um, use your difference to make a difference. So I always ask my guests this question. How do you use your difference to make a difference? By reaching out, by doing these things and to empower others. I became successful when I started to help others to be success and get success and have success. And the more I do it, the, the more success I get by myself. It's not because I expect it. It's just I know because I follow a universal law that is exists all around us. Yeah, well, there you go. Following universal law that exists around us about, and by giving yourself is, is a way you use your difference to make a difference. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show. This has been really, really fun. I love 
the transparency and I, I am looking forward to sharing this episode. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Teo, for having me. That was a pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.